Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell. Kaya FM 95.9. Good evening and welcome to the Law Report. My name is Michael Matsoning Bill. Good to be with you this evening. Thank you so much, Dr. Fonsale. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about property, everything property. You want to buy a property, you want to sell a property. What do you look out for? What are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the things that can change the rest of your life where you've employed your life saving into this investment of a property that you wanted to house your kids, your family, and boom. All of it goes to waste because you didn't uh, understand one little thing or one little aspect of it. So this is the show that will get you understanding some of the pitfalls to learn from other people's experiences and learn from the experts that will be bringing in. We're talking property. Any questions that you have, the number to dial 086-00959. All right, level one. Um, that's what we, we got from the president that we've now moving to, to level one. But it doesn't seem like an awful lot has changed um, because we still, as Dr. Sandy Fonsale says, we're still very much um, facing the risk. We still very much have to, you know, the, the, the rules of engagement, as it were, remain the same. You've got to keep your mask on, cover both your nose and, and mouth. Uh, you got to keep the social distance, ensure that you're in a well-ventilated room. So we're still pretty much um, in 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 sort of that uncomfortable situation where you and I have to work very hard at saving each other's lives. Essentially, that's what it means. But we're talking property, you know, um, and a lot of people are having conversations around, oh, this is the best time to buy property. And indeed, it is quite correct. This is the best time to buy property because, you know, it's not only because of COVID-19, but very much because of it. Um, leading up to COVID-19, um, the economy has, hasn't done very well. Um, it's been on a, on a decline if you look at even the economic growth year on year. I mean, at, at some point in my very recent lifetime, I remember um, hopes of South Africa achieving growth rates of about 9%. I think we p- revised those down to, you know, very uh, small numbers, including 1.5. You were just even happy to just have a growth. At some point, we had a term where there was a recession. And those kinds of things affect the price of property they affect the demand because if people are not making money they're not buying property and if they're not buying property the value of your property doesn't um, do very well so we came into COVID-19 with that history and that baggage and uh, now you're having another phenomenon pretty much because COVID-19 is no less than a phenomenon where now the property market is even more affected so what that means is that it's the buyer's market so if you uh, have always wanted to buy property and you keep a sharp eye out there you can get yourself a very good deal but sometimes in getting that good deal it just has reference to price there are other things that you need to think about you want to buy a property at an auction you want to buy a property um, that is uh, uh, not developed yet um, you want to buy an existing property you want to buy a brand new property all of those things come with complications come with interesting uh, facts and advices and we're going to be talking um, about some of those issues if you have a call for any of my guests I'll be having an attorney as well um, who will be assisting us to understand some of these issues is the number to dial 86 00-00959. Do give us a call. I really hope that you take full advantage of the guests that we've have lined up um, for you tonight, just so that we we really get to be robust in terms of Afropolitans acquiring properties, buying properties, and 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 you know a lot of people 
um, if you look at the the list of 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 rich people, a lot of them have made their wealth from real estate, and and real estate means that you could be when we're talking about a lot of people talk uh, in recent times um, about a side hustle. I can tell you now, one of the better side hustles is property because once you've built it, once you've put in place a tenant or whatever the case might be, other than the occasional issues. You, it's a good side hustle because it doesn't really interfere um, with your life. So, so even if you haven't been thinking about buying property, listen in, listen in. Uh, let's see what you can pick up um, from from the show. Call in and say, how do you make property your side hustle? So, property is always a conversation to have. Um, I'm joined uh, on the line uh, by the NHBRC Gauteng manager, Edwin Limba. Um, Edwin, good evening and thank you so much for talking to me tonight. Evening, uh, Mr. Mitsuning Bill and greetings to your listeners. Great. Michael is just fine. Um, uh, I'm quite happy for you to go with that. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us. And, and maybe, you know, one of the things that I absolutely want to pick up on is, uh, you know, we talk about NHBRC and for, for many of us, it, it seems like a um, and sort of an everyday discussion. But we take for granted that um, not everybody knows who and what the NHBRC. Maybe let's let's pick up there as a start, if you will. Thanks, Mike. NHBRC is National Home Builders Registration Council. It's a regulatory function body, and our mandate is to regulate the home building industry. We also establish a technical standard in the home building industry, and the key one will be we improve structural quality in the interest of housing consumers. So we protect the housing consumers by offering a five-year warranty cover. So we register builders, we enroll homes, we inspect homes, we train builders, we also do dispute resolution and the discipline builders that are not adhering to code of conduct and the standards as set by NHBRC. So we are a regulatory body. So if I come to, if you know, if I'm thinking of buying property, when do I know when the NHBRC can step in? In other words, when do I know to go to you? We deal with new residential properties. Mm -hmm. So once you want to buy a new home, the first step will be for you to establish is that builder is registered with Mm -hmm. NHBRC. Yes. As we are a creature of statute, every home that is built in South Africa must be enrolled with NHBRC. And you also need to ensure that your home also is going to be interrupted. Who's a good builder? What we always advise housing consumers is just for you to get some references. Get some references, uh, check with NSBRC, what is the status of the builder? What are the kind of complaints that they normally receive? Are they in good standing with NSBRC? They are not uh, being suspended. So the first thing is that prior to your home being built, being constructed, you must make sure that one, you've got a registered builder. Mm-hmm. Secondly, your home is enrolled with NHPRC. I want to welcome my other guest, T.D. Kole. T.D. Kole is an attorney and conveyancer uh, at Machidisho Firm of Attorneys. T.D., uh, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Are you well? 
Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. I'm well, and how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. I mean, when we talk about the, you know, issues of property and a lot of people as a first, you know, as a first thing, they get thrown around these terms and who's who, what, what did you do? And, and one of the terms that get, get thrown around very early on is a conveyancer. What does a conveyancer do? And also, what are the costs? How, you know, when a property is advertised for 500,000 rands, um, relative to that, you know, do I, it, does it include the conveyancer, et cetera? Maybe just sort of pick up there before we, we really get to tackle the serious issues. The conveyancer is the attorney who specializes with property matters and who do the registration of the property. It is important to have the conveyancer because the conveyancers are the attorneys who will be attending to the registration of the of the third property in order for the person to get the title deed. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and yes, go ahead. And your, with regard to your question regarding the payment of the fees, mm-hmm. yes, there should be the transfer fees, but the transfer fees are not, they, they are regulated mm-hmm. by the law society, the LPC now. Mm-hmm. And they, they are not blanket. They depend on the value of the property. Like the property of five hundred thousand rents, the transfer fees thereof will never be the same as of the property of two hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. They depend on the value of the property, and they are the tariffs that have been provided by the LPC that we adhere to. And, and and at some point later on, you know, I really want to talk about some of the disputes around building. I mean, the idea of building your own house sounds quite romantic, but I, I know that it, it, it does come with some pitfalls. So at some point, as between yourself and uh, Edwin, I'd like to explore some of those issues. But for now, uh, let me invite some calls. Uh, if you've just tuned in, we're talking property law, um, joined by the NHBRC. Uh, represented uh, by Edward Limber as well as uh, a conveyance at Sidi Kole. And then we're talking property. Any of the questions that you may have, do give us a call. Number to dial 86 Take a call from uh, Talita uh, Mawani. Talita, good evening and thank you for calling us. Hey, Michael. How are you? I'm well and yourself. I would be better if I didn't have to make this call tonight. Well, let's see if we let's see what happens on the other side of the call. Maybe you will you will be helped. Michael, I was in the process of purchasing a property in Mistrum, and um, I'm a person who doesn't know law very well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I can be afforded to make mistakes, and perhaps to put a disclaimer because there's key roles of people who are part of. Uh, what I'm going to mention right now, I don't know if you would afford me or allow me to mention names. Speak freely. The, the, the role payers are your attorneys, the estate agents, and, 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 mm-hmm. and. So would you allow me to mention names without being sued? You know, people will always say, I'll sue you, I'll sue you. So, <laughs> I, well, I think, I think if you keep it in, in the realms of fair comment. I think uh, nobody can sue you successfully, that is. Uh, but I can't issue a disclaimer, but 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 speak freely. 
um, uh, your, your 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 instinct will tell you when when you, you are exceeding the bounds of of reasonableness. I think. Absolutely. So I was in the process of buying a house on the twenty seventh of February. I then. Signed the offer to purchase on a stand in Dream Middle mm-hmm. uh, through just property estate. And then I was helped by a lady there who then introduced me to few houses. And then I liked two of them, but this other one that was not yet built, uh, I really liked it. And then what happens is. So you liked it from the drawings? Yes, okay. it was not built at all. Mm-hmm. So from a drawing, then your 3D pictures. And the mere fact that it was a corner stand with more bedrooms compared to the previous one they showed me, I then liked it. Yes. So uh, the developer started building, and then on the sixth. And then tell me, Ed, is it is it the is it the? I'm not sure how midstream works per se, but I know at some estates you'd buy the land and then you source your own contractor. Um, was was the sale of the land attached to the building? In other words, was it a package you buy the land and the buildings or or, or did yes. you buy them separately no 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 this was like a full package yeah okay yes so i went on site on the sixth after the lockdown sixth of june after the lockdown was been uh, uh released a little bit when i got there the contractors were clustering the house and they were using a building fence I then said to them, how can you use the building fence to cluster the house because it's going to crack when it rains? Then, unfortunately, they said to me, uh, the developer is not there. They are just at work. They cannot answer. Later in the day, I sent an email to the developer and to the conveyance attorney and to the estate agent. In my email, I stated the fact that I'm unhappy that they are using the building fence to plaster instead of the plastering fence. In his response, the developer is from February Developers, and I was dealing with Mark Ferreira. In his response, Mark said to me, uh, they bought the same fence from the same supplier, but it's from a different quarry. Then, before they paint the house, they will make sure that they apply a sealant. And right there, Michael, I I want you to note that in my sense, he was agreeing with me that the sand was cheap because if they were using proper uh, plastering sand, they wouldn't have to attach a, 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 a sealant to cover the cracks. So later on, the the problem started, and then we decided to he continued, and because I love the house, I wanted to proceed with the sale, and then eventually. When I went on site, I picked up many defects, whereby I eventually then said, you know what, let me approach uh, the NHBRC. And then I went to the NHBRC uh, Sunning Hill offices on the 19th of October. And then when I got there, I spoke to the receptionist who then said to me, they will uh, uh, issue an inspector to go on site with me. We went on site. Then the gentleman who was with me just said to me, no, these are latent. You know when a person doesn't want to help you? These are just latent defects. This house, when it settles, this thing happens. And I showed him there was a pallet coming from the foundation that was sticking out. I said to him, uh, what's a pallet? A steel. You okay. see, when they, when they do the foundation... I got it, I got it. Okay, yeah. 
The reinforcement steel. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was speaking out. I said to him, do you realize that this was a safety hazard? Because if I were to occupy this house, my kids will be playing around and then if one of them falls... But what's the major issue? In other words, so, so, you, you know, like it's, it's uh, houses normally, you know, because if it is like a, a little concrete reinforcement steel and it's sticking out, you can cut it off, you could put topping on it. There's lots of things. What are the, what are the major issues? Um, because some of the issues are like 1,000 Rand kind of problems to, mm. to address. What are the major issues? The major issues on the house, as we're speaking currently, the walls are not straight. Some of the walls mm-hmm. are not straight. The doors are not aligned mm. with, the, with the door frames. Mm-hmm. The, the laminated flooring that is used in the main bedroom is not what he promised. It's some cheap material that I don't know where he bought it. Mm-hmm. In the garage itself, the garage wall is also not straight. There's a big open space between the garage wall and the garage door. So they tried to close that uh, uh, space with wooden wooden pallets, but still, it didn't close. That what is on its own shows you that the walls are not straight. Mm. Another thing, waterproofing that is done uh, was not done well. So if if you were to 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 pull, to uh, um, to throw water on that waterproofing, it doesn't flow to the water membrane, mm. and also the windows. It, it sort of makes a puddle. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. And then on the on the foundation, there's already you raising them. You can see that they didn't put uh, the membrane underneath. Wow! So that that's that's yeah. a that's wow. I've, I've got pictures. Wow. I've got pictures. Okay, and this is what the this is what the NHBRC saw. You said yes. Okay, I took I took their inspector there. I also wrote to them. And when I wrote to them at first, they didn't want to hear. They just referred me to some clauses. And then eventually I wrote to their CEO. And after KSM uh, came in, they started now talking to me, sending forms and requesting information. But before, no one could help me. They were just saying, take that house as is. And in my in my, my sense, of, the role of the NHBRC is to assist and protect people like us who have been exposed to developers or contractors who deliver housing or housing units that are substandard, you know? So I didn't expect them that when I raised the issue of poor workmanship or poor quality in material, they would just tell me about clusters that tells you that you covered for five years, clusters that tells you that you've got 12 months, you know? That was, that was, for me, they didn't want to help me. Okay, we got the NHBRC here, and I'm not sure if it, it would be fair to put it to, to Mr. Edward Limba because he was not, I'm not sure he, he's familiar with your specific matter. So, so when we come back from the break, uh, uh, Dr. Limba, you, you, can, you, know, you can advise as regards your, your, your comforts in dealing with the question. You could deal with it specifically if you're familiar with the facts, which would obviously be more ideal. Uh, but but you let me know. I want to take a break. If you've just tuned in, we're talking property law. We have the NHBRC um, on the line. We have a conveyance on the line. Any question that you have regarding your property interest, you want to buy a property, you want to rent out a property, anything that's got to do with property, that's a show. Um, this this is the show for you. Do give us a call. Number to dial 86 959 We're back after this. The Law Report with Michael Matweningbel, Kaya FM 95.9. 
Welcome back. We're talking property. I'm joined by the NHBRC via Mr. Edwin Limba as well as Ms. T.D. Kole, uh, who's an attorney and conveyancer. Uh, if you've just tuned in, do uh, do uh, call us with any of your questions. 086-00-00959. Dr. Limba, before we took a break, um, uh, Talita had explained what seems like a, a horrific sort of example of how bad property can go. Um, I'm not sure how you want to deal with, with the question. Um, if, if, first okay. of all, are you familiar with the facts? The facts, the complaint, yes. The, I the exact complaint, yes, indeed. Yes. 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 Okay. Thanks, Mike. I think the as I've said earlier that we are a regulatory body. Mm. We regulate the home, home building industry by having code of conduct for home builders. Uh, code of conduct is where the builder has a duty to disclose in terms of prior to the housing consumer signing a building contract is the duty of the builder to explain everything. Mm. And we also look into the issue of the prior to construction, the builder has to enroll the house with NHPRC and NHPRC will have to inspect the house. And the builder must also not at all deceive the housing consumer. Coming to the matter of Australia, indeed Australia did lodge a complaint with NSPRC and we apologize if she felt we were not attempting to uh, to help her. So as a regulatory body, uh, Mike, you are a lawyer, you know that our processes will be regulated. We cover three types of complaints with NSPRC. Three months, Next list. So when a bill, when a housing consumer moves into your house or this house, you need to look around to check the snack list. If the, the taps are, are opening, the, the door, there are no loose tiles, all those kind of things. We also cover a one-year roof leak. We also cover five-year major structural defects. Mm-hmm. And as we speak now, the complaint of Australia is in lodged with NSPRC. As I was telling you, that we are regulated. We ought to also allow a builder enough time to respond. We have communicated to the builder that the NHPRC, the house that is involved with NHPRC by our builder, there's a complaint against that builder, and then we have informed the builder that these are the complaints. Mm-hmm. The complaints that we did receive from Australia, I think she said in her complaint form, she just said, poor workmanship. And we send an inspector to go and inspect. I think it was after or maybe in the day. Indeed, some of the things that Ostabita is talking about, indeed, they are there, they are loose, they are loose tiles, they are loose uh, balustrades. And the, the issue of the membrane scares me uh, because it, it just means water flows freely up the structure. On that one, I will have to follow up with the inspector because the ones that I'm only having here, they are mainly maintenance-related uh, defects or complaints. Mm-hmm. So plants at the gate, uh, there's a chip in the wall, they are showered, glass not extended to the tiles. How, how about the one where she says, I mean, that also sounds fundamental and, and sort of, and you know, once a house is not built straight and the walls are skewed, it, it naturally affects the doors, but but it's not one of those things that you can paint away. You can't paint it straight. 
Is that sort of in the list of what the inspector picked up? No, in our report here, no, the inspector did pick that one up. But remember that during construction, the house was inspected. NHPRC, when the house is involved with NHPRC, we have to inspect houses on on stages. Mm. We inspect it at the foundation level, inspect it at the wall plate level, inspect it at the roof level, we also inspect the storm water to ensure that the water that is talking about they don't come into the house. Mm. So in terms of inspection, the house was inspected and we have informed the builder to attend to reported defects by the housing consumer. Mm -hmm. And maybe the bride might be that because of we are regulated, she might say, why don't you want it? Why can't you just say she must fix it now? Unfortunately, we just have to follow the law. Mm -hmm. But we definitely have to make a follow-up in particular on what she spoke about the 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 reinforcement in the membrane that are exposed. That one is a, is a serious matter. Unless if the house is still at complete at the practical completion, the house the home builder is still have to remove the rubble or whatever is on on site. So okay. that one will have to follow up. And the skew wall that she's referring to will have to follow it up with the builder on the ground. Okay. But her complaint is lodged and we have made contact with the builder. And, and and maybe maybe because I think maybe you, you know the the a lot of the discontent might also emanate from the fact that you know what what the report that you have may not be a reflection of the issues that she's picking up. So maybe sort of um, uh, Talita, I'm not sure whether that would help because you know um, Edwin's list doesn't have some of the issues that you're picking up. Um, maybe it would help if if a follow up uh, would it help if a follow up inspection takes place. Michael, I don't think it will help yeah. because as we're speaking, I, I, I got a quantity surveyor and an engineer to go and inspect the house. Yes. And in my submission to NHPRC lately, I did inform them with pictures. I've got a detailed uh, inspection. So, so have, has your engineer, as your engineer and quantity surveyor, provided a report? Because that would. Yes. That, okay, yes. to the NHPRC. NHPRC is. is, is is in hold of the document I'm talking about, and it has pictures in it. Oh, no. So when I send this uh, uh, inspection report to the developer itself, Mark Ferreira, he then cancelled the, the 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 state, and he claims that he cancelled the what? He cancelled the sale of agreement. Okay. Which means he's no longer selling the house to me. But isn't that a get out of jail card for you? It is, but I'm losing money. Because in his cancellation, he said, uh, because I refused to sign the bond documents, I wasted his time, so I'm in breach of, of oh. clause 10.2. Oh, of I see. He's, okay, okay. I so thought, I thought. He it, okay. They want to take almost a day, like 250000 No, no, no. That, that can't fly. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, that maybe just to um, give, a, a, you know, a Talita a view of how a future looks like before 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 I let her go. In terms of her complaint, her complaint she did uh, she did describe the defects that she has observed. You was is there and the, as soon as now we have contacted the builder, the builder will have to come on site 
with the housing consumer and then the housing consumer will be given an opportunity to show whatever and our inspector as well will be able to detect some that the housing consumer might have not uh, picked and the, from that the housing the home builder will be expected to to, to rectify the defects and project. So thank you very much. I think if I can just bring in, uh, get a view uh, of an attorney, Tiri uh, Kole, if I can just bring you in here. I mean, uh, as lawyers, we pick up a lot of these things in, in practice where somebody buys a property and it may not be the same fact as Talita. It could be completely different fact. But you buy the property and, and oftentimes it says you're going to buy this property for foot to it, meaning that you get it as it is. How often do people get to a point where after buying the property, they pick up issues that are so serious that they feel like they want to cancel the contract? Um, uh, and, and, and in those situations, how easy is it to get out of a contract where you've agreed that you're going to buy it for to do it? Uh, remember, uh, uh, the deed of sale, mm. the offer to purchase is a contract. Being a contract, it is having all the terms and the conditions of the sale. Mm. And if the person buy, buys the property food stewards, we expect that the, prop, the person has inspected the property and he or she is comfortable with the condition of the property. But if at a later stage the person can realize that there are some defects, the, the hidden defects in the property, then the person is having the protection by law. The person, as I said, that it is a contract. And in a contract, in that contract, obviously there should be a clause whereby it affords any of the parties a remedy to the... the, It affords any of the parties an opportunity to remedy the breach. So the party, the person that has bought the property, the purchaser, mm. if at a later stage finds out that they were the they hidden defect of, of the owner property, that person have a right to inform the seller about it and give the seller a notice in terms of the contract to remedy that problem or that breach. Mm. And if the seller fails to remedy that breach, then as per contract, as, as per the condition of the contract, the person have a right, he can proceed with cancellation of that contract. I'm taking more of your calls. It's number to dial 86 959 from Kempton Park, good evening. Hi, how are you? Well and you? I'm well. I just wanted to find out, I've got two questions mm-hmm. uh, that are different. The first one, I think uh, I've got my answers from the first lady who was having a problem with the quality mm-hmm. of, of the work done. Because I'm in the same, similar situation. I bought a property in a complex and within the five years, they did come and do some repairs, but still the work was substandard and the house still has got cracks. Uh, the tiles are coming off. And then the second question 
is I uh, uh, we, we we have a house at home uh, at Leechville where we paid someone for the plans and they were submitted but not approved. But by the time when we we got them, uh, by the time when he finished uh, it, it, it designing them, he he disappeared. We paid him and he disappeared. Mm. And uh, right now we are busy hunting him down. It's either off the phone or not available. And it seems to me like uh, this man is always doing it to a lot of people. Mm. Uh, is there anything that I, that we can do in terms of the laws of the NHPRC? Because I think he, yeah, he is registered with them. Is there anything that we can do in order to either get our money back or actually stop his business? Is this a person that? Is, is was responsible for, for for drawing like the architect? Yes, the architect. Okay, he, he did our drawings, but yeah. And then on the last day when we needed we, we needed it to be submitted, he just said no, there's no problem. And then we trusted him. And when we when we submitted in Brackpan, it was not approved, and there were some alterations that he needed to do on the drawings. And then he disappeared. Disappeared. He just went AWOL. When we call him, he answers the phone and becomes arrogant, or he just doesn't answer the phone. When we realize that it's actually me or my mother, he doesn't he doesn't answer the phone at all. Okay, uh, uh, Edwin. Uh, the, the first one, if the house was uh, enrolled with NSPRC, the defects were reported and they are recurring. It depends how long uh, the first defects were fixed and the NHPRC will have to look into the matter if the housing consumer would is saying that the, the defects are recurring. They were of substandards because when the builder goes on site to rectify our inspector or conciliation officer will be there to ensure that the, whatever is rectified is per technical standard. The, the second one, if it's a home builder who registered with NHPRC, in terms of the code of conduct, a home builder may not uh, accept payment for from the housing consumer a, or a deposit prior to the housing to the home builder uh, commencing with the construction. So that one as well, if the builder is registered with the NHPRC, housing consumer colleague can also lodge a code of conduct complaint. Talita has lodged a complaint that are related to quality issues. Mm. Now on this one, a colleague can lodge a code of conduct complaint because they are also governed by a code of conduct. It is not acceptable for a builder to accept a deposit and without them commencing with work. They should be paid on progress payment, but what is also critical is what governs their relationship the contract. I think OTP spoke about the OTP or date of sale, but with us it will be a building contract. Mm -hmm. They need to have a building contract, and that building contract, the builder needs to explain it to the housing consumer, so that when the housing consumer signs, it's what will be governing them. So Koli can approach us, and we can look into the matter and bring forth as well building contract. And what is critical, Michael, mm -hmm. any relationship when you appoint a builder, we need to ensure that there is a building contract that governs you and the builder is registered with NHPRC. In an event, the builder takes your money and tries to run away. 
is a member of, he or she is a member of the NSPRC, NSPRC will make contact with them and say, these are the code of conduct. Why aren't you adhering to the code of conduct? So what, what I understood from Koli's um, question is that it's the actual architect. And, and I was wondering whether the NHBRC would be involved in in an architect's uh, breach of, of ethics, I guess. Um, or, 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 or is there another body that would look at the uh, conduct of, of an architect or somebody who purports to be an architect? Because it seems that police concern arises out of the design of a house as opposed to its construction. Clearly, am I correct? Yes, you're yeah. correct. Yeah, I know if it's an architect, we will have to approach Council of Architectures uh, okay. because we, we only govern builders. And, 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 and I think it's important because even if, even if he's not registered as an architect, if, if he was purporting to be an architect, in other words, I, I know this as a lawyer, if somebody pretends to be a lawyer, takes your money, and does all the things that you would expect from a lawyer, turns out they're not a lawyer, and and when there are queries, they go AWOL. Um, so whether they're registered or not, you you, you got to go to that body. What, what did you say it's the, what, what did you say it is, uh, Edwin? Yeah, it's the, it's the Council of Architecture. Uh, I think you can check it. Uh, yeah, okay. And then he can also check with us if we... Because sometimes an architecture can also be a registered builder, an engineer can also be a registered builder. Ah. NSBRC will be able to pursue the matter from the side of a builder. Right. So you can also check with us if she's also registered with NSBRC. All right. You can just check with the council. Great, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Good luck with uh, with your with your issue, Koli. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we continue our discussion talking about property. I continue uh, with Tiri Koli, uh, an attorney in convince, as well as Edwin Limber from the NHBRC. Do you give us a call? Number to dial 86 Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back on The Law Report. Uh, we're talking property law. Um, I'm joined by T.D. Kuala, uh, an attorney and conveyancer, as well as uh, Edwin Limber from NHBRC. Any question that you might have, do you give us a call? Um, yeah, I have I have only 10 minutes um, uh, uh, to go before I have to introduce um, the last segment of the show, which will, will only be, you know, um, I, I know many of us would have seen the data breach that took place at Experian. Um, and Experian is a credit bureau that pretty much keeps the information of, of all economically ac- active people and companies. So we're going to be touching a, a little bit on that just before we wrap up because I think that it is an important topic to, to talk about and to address. But for now, we're still on, 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 on this issue of, 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 of properties. And maybe, you know, just maybe from a, from a legal point of view, and, a, and, and, and I think the construction industry uh, at CD is, is, is infamous for you know taking money not doing what needs to be done and going MIA whether it's somebody an architect whether it's the builder whether it's the somebody that's supposed to, you know it's 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 sort of there's a lot of mistrust that grew over the years it probably has subsided somewhat now but for a lot of people this has always been an issue um what what's what's my available remedy if i pay a, a service provider to build me a house and and and, and he disappears city or she disappears. You know, sometimes we, one has to be careful. In, in terms of the law, if the person has paid another one and that person disappears, 
the, the, the one who lost the money should approach the attorneys mm-hmm. in order for the attorneys to issue the summons to the person and the person should bring back the money. Otherwise, if the person, after the person has been served with the summons and the person doesn't defend, the person doesn't show up, then the attorneys will take further legal steps against that person to recover the money that the one person, the other person has lost. One of the things that we we always take for granted, and and as a conveyancer, you would know this a lot. Why deals end up failing? What are you know as a parting shot? What are some of the and and Edwin, I'm going to uh, ask the uh, advance the same question to you. What are some of the tips that you can give a prospective home buyer, and and that you would have picked up from from experience, TD, to say this is often the mistakes that our people make when they're buying properties. Um, either you know somebody I, I know it. It's happened certainly to me in 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 my younger days, where with enormous enthusiasm to get a property, you are signing up and you're making commitments financially, um, and meanwhile you may not even be able to to meet those financial obligations, and then you get into further trouble to say, well, the little deposit that you've paid, if you don't pay this tranche of money, um, we're going to forfeit the first tranche that you've paid. And, and and that was sort of my one of my early lessons when I was sort of starting in my career. Um, so what are some of the tips that you could give to prospective Afropolitans who want to buy property? I, I would advise them that the property is not like buying tomatoes, the vegetables, because most of the problems, most of the cases that we encounter with uh, the cases whereby the people sold the properties to others, mm. then they give them the money on the conclusion of the sale. Yes. Thereafter, yes. they'll come to us to do the transfers for that property. Then, firstly, you'll find that the property that has been sold owes a lot of money at the municipality for rates and taxes. Mm. And remember, you can't transfer the property without the clearance certificate from the municipality. So you'll find that by the time we request the clearance figures from the municipality, it is a lot of money that is being owed. And the person has already been paid Mm. the money Mm. as if they were concluding the the sale of the tomatoes. Then Mm. by then... He has used all the money mm. that he has been paid. Mm. And he starts now with the debt of the municipality. The property can be transferred without the clearance certificate from the municipality. That's point number one. Yeah. Point number two, you'll find that in other instances or the same property, the seller had other debts, the seller owed other institutions or other people some money, and the people have attached the property. So when we start with the process of transfer, when we do the research, we'll find that the property is attached. Hmm. 
And this person, the seller, remember, he has already used the money that he has been paid. In order for the attachment to be uplifted, he has to pay the institution or the person that he owed the money. Without the upliftment of that attachment, the property will never be transferred. Mm. So this person has lost the money. Then in other instances, we'll find that after they conclude that sale, the seller passes away. Mm. And the seller passes away, there are some beneficiaries of the seller. The beneficiaries does not know anything about the sale. And over and above that, you'll find that when they conclude that sale, they don't even enter into a contract, which is an offer to purchase or a deed of sale. They do it verbally. So in a case whereby he dies after having the money, the purchaser is not protected because you'll find that there are even no other witnesses who can confirm that. Mm. So my advice for the prominent buyers is that they should go to their attorneys, to the conveyances, whenever they intend to buy the properties. If they are not buying from the agents, if they, they are concluding their, their private deal, they should do it in the presence of their attorneys. Because if they do it like that, the seller, I mean the purchaser, will have to pay the purchase price into the attorney's trust account. And that money will be there, will be invested for an interest, any opportunity or an interest earning account yes. for his benefit. So it's not just sitting there, it's earning, it's earning him um, interest. Some interest. Yep. Then until after the date of registration, it is when will be paid to the seller. Mm-hmm. In that way, all the parties are being protected. Let me cross to Edwin Limba. Uh, Edwin, I need to um, engage Lucien Pierce um, just after this. And, and Lucien, thank you so much for, for, for being patient with us. Edwin Limba, some of the tips, you know, like I think what uh, CD, uh, what CD sort of advised is, is it can be damaging to somebody you know you've you've had a deal with somebody and then they die and then their family says i don't know about it, it can be very damaging and that's something that an afropolitan would want to avoid what are some of these uh what are some of the things that one would want to avoid when it comes to um starting to build a house from your experience edwin the housing consumer must make sure that the vendor is registered yeah. at least when the relationship uh, when power you can take into a regulatory body. Mm-hmm. You must also ensure that you talk to other consumers who have made use of the builder services. You must make sure as well that there's a written contract. Uh, there's a written contract. And prior to signing it, you inspect it and you check the terms and conditions. And you always have that copy with you. The important thing as well, you never pay a home builder in advance. Mm. or work that has not been done. Mm. You don't do that. Mm. You don't do that. Make sure as well that the, your house is enrolled with NSPRC. You've got a copy of your enrollment certificate. 
and then as well ensure that you confirm that with NHBRC, uh, of course, that you confirm that the vendor is sending the standards. And and I think and I think why why it's important that they be registered. You know, Talita at least has got somebody to complain to. Can come to the NHBRC and say, "Hey, come and help me." There are a lot of other people that don't have that luxury. Yes. yes. Mm. So 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 those are the tips that I would say that. Ensure that you are using a reputable builder, a reputable builder, somebody that will be a member of a regulatory body like NHPRC in South Africa. And you don't pay the builder upfront. There's an enrollment certificate, and the builder, your builder as well, has adhered to all the, 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 the legal requirements of building a home. There is an approved plan from the local municipality as well, so that when the house is completed, you'll be able to get other. Compliance certificate, occupational certificate, electrical certificate, those kind of things. So very, 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 very useful tips. Thank you so much, uh, Edward Limber of NHBRC. Um, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed the, the conversation and, and I think it's quite enlightening. And to you, Tiri uh, Kole, thank you very much uh, to you too. I think that, um, you know, I look forward to an opportunity to talk to you again sometime in the near future. Uh, for the last nine minutes of the show, I want to turn to something that I simply couldn't ignore. Um, which is the information breach that took place uh, at the at Experian, which is the uh, credit bureau, and uh, none other than Lucian Pierce, who's an expert when it comes to matters of um, ICT information and cybersecurity. Lucian, thank you so much for joining me. Are you well? I'm good, Michael. How are you? Very good, thank you. I mean, this is this is sort of I, I, I'd like to say it's unprecedented, but it happened at Liberty. Um, except now, these are the people that actually um, we don't give the information to. They get it. They get information from us whenever we um, enter into uh, credit transactions. Um, what's what does this mean for us? And maybe just to sort of give a legal perspective on 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 what is going on. Yeah. So so this is actually quite a serious situation, Michael, because. Um, organizations like Experian um, collect information from all over the place, from different sources. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they create quite an in-depth and very personal profile of each of us. A profile about uh, your your credit record um, that might include records of uh, who your your spouse or partner is. Mm. You know, it's almost a full picture of, of your life. And the fact that this information is now accessible in one place because it was, it's basically on the web from what I read, uh, puts all of us in a very difficult situation because uh, confidence tricksters, uh, people who are up to no good, can, can use very clever techniques to convince us that uh, to do one or other uh, uh, things that might prejudice us. And, and I can but imagine if somebody says, hey, Lucien, um, you know, I was talking to your wife, um, fictitious name, uh, Elizabeth, and uh, she said I should call you. Um, there's this product or whatever, or there's this thing that, or money or this. Y- you, you would you would believe that person because they f- they know you and they know your wife, and 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 that's sort of how the information can be abused because you know it, it, it's not a call call as it were. They know information about you. Yeah, precisely. We call it social engineering. You know, because mm-hmm. if they know you've got say a, an Edgar's account and that you bank at uh, whichever bank. 
you know, they can say, uh, your wife, Mary, called and said she's at Edgar's and uh, I should do this, that, and the other. And with mm-hmm. that information, it sounds so realistic. You know, you're, you're bound to put your, your guard down and give away things like uh, um, PIN numbers, et cetera, for your bank. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a very such, a serious situation. Um, you know, fortunately for, for ex- experience, um, we're, we're currently in, a, in a, what we call a grace period because there's a very strong uh, piece of legislation which we've spoken about, you and I, many times, uh, Michael, POPI or POPIA, as some people call it, the P- Protection of Personal Information Act. And, you know, the, the data that um, Experian has, has released out into the public domain falls into at least three or four areas that are regarded as extremely sensitive under that act. And the reality is they would have had the book thrown at them if this happened uh, on the 1st of July next year. The reason I say that is because uh, Papaya's grace period was from the 1st of July this year until the 30th of June next year when all uh, different uh, people and, and, and entities that process information need to get their house in order. All right. So now, so for us as consumers sitting where where we are sitting, I mean... There, there, there would obviously be be growing paranoia. Um, what should we be doing? I mean, we're talking about issues of cyber crime. A lot of people have the identity stolen. Is there anything that I can do as a as a nervous consumer to say, well, you know, I'm now being proactive, or or am I just pretty much in a in a in a helpless situation? Now there are there are. Um uh, remedies, if I could call it that, that you could take. Mm. Uh, the first thing that uh, Experian did was they have referred consumers to a body where, where you can register uh, and that does provide you with some sort of fraud protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I just can't remember what that, that uh, entity is called, but you can certainly put your name down on that. Let's hope they don't get breached either. But uh, that entity will then alert you to to potential fraudulent situations. Mm. That's probably the the most uh, the best thing that you can do. Of course, on your own, you need to be a bit more vigilant now. If if um, you get calls, or if you suddenly get people calling from the bank or, or SARS or places that often involve some sort of reward, because these um, uh, hackers and fraudsters and tricksters uh, are very very wise. You know, they, they they know how to use psychology to try and convince us. Uh, to give away personal information. So uh, for, for, for the next few months, or potentially even the next year, we need to be careful. Uh, the reason is that this information is traded out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this sort of information is worth money to fraudsters and to criminals. Uh, so we really need to be on our guard, be alert to, to strange calls, uh, always verify before you, you give out information, even if it sounds genuine. But importantly, keep an eye on... Uh, um, uh, your, your credit record as well. Um, you, 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 you know, there, there are various uh, experience, there's TransUnion, and there are others that give you a credit check uh, at least once a year. So perhaps, uh, uh, you know, look at that and monitor that to make sure that there aren't any transactions that are happening um, that, that you're not aware of. So one of the things, you know, that I'm thinking about as you're speaking is um, obviously the effects of this at a consumer level or individual level are not going to be felt immediately, right? Um, the information is out there, so I may not hear from my prospective fraudster today, but but perhaps in, in 18 months or two years. Um, outside of Poppy, 
um, would I be able to have any kind of recourse against Experian um, if I can show that the information leaked somehow emanated from 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 Experian or from Experian's leak? Yeah, yeah. So if Poppy was in place, your flag bearer or your protector would be the information regulator because mm-hmm. they can act on your behalf. Mm-hmm. The reason you would use them is simply because you don't have to pay for a lawyer to do this for you. Mm-hmm. However. Uh, as an individual at this point in time, you would probably need to, to get someone to represent you from a legal perspective. And that is not cheap, yeah. which is probably why many people want to pursue this. Mm. In other jurisdictions, is, is people have come together in, in a class action type of uh, litigation where, where they, uh, you know, many people are represented by one or two lawyers, and those lawyers then take on somebody like uh, Experian yeah. and get some sort of payout for, for these people. Equifax had the, the biggest breach in the United States. They had a 147 million uh, records uh, uh, released into, pub- into the public. Uh, Equifax is uh, very much like uh, Experian here. Uh, yeah. they uh, sorry, listen, I've run out of time. <laughs> it sounds like it's quite interesting. Uh, but perhaps it's also like an opportunity. Maybe you can start a class action. <laughs> so if you want to start that campaign, come, let me know. Um, and uh, let's, let's get some Afropolitans for you. Um, I got to run, but thank you so much for, for being patient with us, Lucien, and, uh, and always willing to chat to us on the Law Report. Um, from me, Michael Monsoning Bill, it's been a pleasure. I'm with you again next Wednesday. Good night. That was the Law Report with Michael Mutwining Bill. Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.